Welcome to LTN Rewind, where we take a deep dive into the archives of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. On our last episode, we brought you the first part of a two-part series of Humans of Gaming that focuses on the two hosts. Last time, it was the chief executive nerd, Chris Gwaltney. This time around, we're focusing our laser beams on the other hosts of Humans of Gaming, the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd, Drew Dixon. This is the Humans of Gaming podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Hey, welcome to Humans of Gaming. My name is Chris Gwaltney, and I am the Chief Executive Nerd for Love Thy Nerd, and I'm one of the hosts for this podcast. Uh, our other host is here, but actually, he's going to be our special guest today, too. Say hi, Drew. Hey, Drew. Hi, Drew. <laughs> Sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> wow, good one. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. It's already off to a bad start. I'm sorry. No, I'm Drew Dixon. I am the chief content nerd at Love Leonard, which means I kind of oversee our website and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, that's me. So we're um, this is the second time we're doing this. Uh, last time we did this, it was with me as the guest. But we thought it'd be cool to kind of get to know uh, the hosts of the podcast, as it were. So um, a little while ago, we did a... An episode where Drew interviewed me, and now we're going to do an episode where we, well, me, I interviewed Drew. You so, and your 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 you self-conscious cricket in my pocket, or whatever. Jiminy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> old Jiminy, yeah. So <laughs> no, I think I it's like cool, you know, for us to get to know each other, and for our listeners, you guys, with this in your ear holes, uh, get to know us a little bit better, and. Yeah, just kind of in the spirit of our podcast. So, yeah, man, let's just dive right in. Uh, Drew, why don't you give us the, the Drew Dixon elevator pitch for, you know, who you are and what you do in this industry we call nerd culture? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I'm the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd, which just means that I oversee a team of editors and writers who produce all of the, most of the site content that we do, um, of course, we have podcasts, too, that I just kind of help with. I don't necessarily lead those. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I've been an editor professionally for about mm, eight years, something like that. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of in my wheelhouse. I've also uh, been in ministry in the past, been a pastor. I worked for an organization called Game Church for about six years. Um, as the editor of that website and just kind of leading side content for them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been writing about mostly about video games, but about nerd culture for a long time now for, you know, 10 or so years, I guess from a Christian perspective, I think there was a point in my life when I kind of decided I was going to get back into video games mm -hmm. and, and, and nerd culture and sort of stopped being ashamed about being a nerd and stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I felt a real burden to think about 
nerd culture from a Christian, from a distinctly Christian perspective that wasn't like um, one of, of fear, but one of, uh, you know, of curiosity. And, and I wanted mm. to engage that medium in a way that would be meaningful and helpful for people and help people understand it. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of what I've been trying to do for a while now, even before I started with Game Church. Um, you know, and Game Church just kind of ended up being like an outlet for that that was of like mind in a lot of ways that was a godsend. Um, and then now, you know, of course, we started to love that nerd a little over a year ago. And of course, it's been a wonderful a um, wild ride. <laughs> yeah, it's been, you know, a definitely another tremendous godsend that yeah. I think a, a place for me to to do those things in a way that I, I hope is helpful for the church. I hope is helpful for um, you know, people outside the church just to feel loved and valued. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's the elevator pitch, I guess. Yeah. And you've written, um, I mean, I'm biased, but you've written some cool stuff and you've written some cool stuff for like cool outlets. What are some of the places or where are some of the places you've written for online about games? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I got started writing about video games for, a um, a website called Christ Pop Culture that I actually served as the editor, one of one of like the three lead editors of that site for a couple years um, before I before I started with Game Church. So I wrote for them for a while. I've written for Relevant Magazine. I've written for Christianity Today, um, World Magazine, um, Paste Magazine, um, the Christian Research Institute. Um, yeah, those are the ones that. Uh, Love Thy Nerd, of. you've written for those. Love Thy Nerd, those guys. <laughs> yeah. Game Church, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I already mentioned those, but uh, but yeah. So um, I think there was a time when not many people, and I think it's probably still the case. Honestly, there weren't a lot of Christians writing thoughtfully about video games or nerd culture. I think that's changing mm-hmm. now, um, and so so I kind of you know six or six or eight. 10 years ago, whenever it was, you know, 10 years ago is when I got started. Eight years ago is when I maybe got serious about it. Um, and really, and really started like putting myself out there, but I just was like, Hey, uh, relevant, you should be covering video games. And yeah. so I emailed them and was like, Hey, you- <laughs> it's in the name relevant. Hello. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm like, Hey, relevant, do you know, video games are a big deal. Let me write some stuff for you. And they're yeah, like, okay. Yeah. So uh, it was really just me kind of putting myself out there trying to, to make mm-hmm. things happen. And so, um, yeah, this may be impossible to answer, but I'm just curious. Uh, do you have like a favorite article that you've ever written? Oh man. Um, so, or maybe like what's one that comes to mind that you're like super proud of? <laughs> sure. Um, there's a few that there's one that I guess I always think about because, um, do you know who Tom Bissell is? Buh, that sounds familiar. He's a f- famous video game critic, I guess. He wrote a book called Extra Lives, Why Video Games oh, Matter yeah, that was yeah, kind yeah. of a big deal. Yeah. And he wrote for like, he was one of the, he was like the video game writer for Grantland mm-hmm. uh, when Grantland was like a big deal. Um, and anyway, uh, I wrote a, a, a article on called Dissonant Reviews uh, about Papo and Yo or Papo Yo mm-hmm. for this site called BitCreature. They just published like weird, whatever, like kind of, video game stuff, but it was a really fun site. Um, and I wrote this, the, basically the article was about how people were missing the point of, um, of Papo. And, you know, a lot of people who were reviewing it 
were getting caught up in like, oh, this puzzle isn't perfectly designed and mm, yeah. and and the controls should be better, but they were missing the bigger picture that this was like a really powerful story about what it's like to have someone you love be destroyed by alcohol, like addiction mm. to alcohol. That's what that, that game is. It's, it's a metaphorical game about a boy whose father is an alcoholic and yeah. is abusive. And anyway, I thought it was a powerful story. And so it was sort of just pointed out how I think everyone was missing the forest for the trees. And I just always remember that article because Tom Bissell commented on it and was like, um, you said this better than I could. And this was Ooh, a really great article. High <laughs> praise right there, my man. <laughs> sort of like, dang. Was, yeah. Was, uh, you just, you remember the ones when someone like you really respect thinks right. you did something cool. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, I feel, like I'm, feel so, like I'm bragging on myself. No, I asked you to, so it makes it yeah. okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory sucks, but that game was pretty like early on in the kind of like surge of indie games that were mm-hmm. like really tackling like more meaningful stuff like that, right? Like that yeah, game was sure. kind of early on in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was like pre that Dragon Cancer, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of the. It was definitely one of the first games that was like dealing with some like heavy, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, there's this wave of empathy games and it was one of the early like empathy games that you would say this game's giving you a window into someone's life experience that's different than most people's. Right. Yeah. Or a lot of people's. So similar question. What's a piece that you've edited that like really struck you or you're really proud of or you really loved? Hmm. Um, I would say just about all of the, the educational articles we've been publishing at Love Thy Nerd recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all of those I'm, I'm pretty proud to have on the website, not necessarily all of them are ones I personally edited, but, um, yeah, um, man, uh, those, those come to mind. So we've done the series on, um, why X thing matters in nerd culture. So like we mm-hmm. did one on like why furries matter that Joey Thurmond wrote that yeah, yeah. I only did some light editing on. Um, I believe it was um, Madeline Turnipseed and April Lynn who did most of the editing on that one. I think uh, Madeline kind of led the way, but but just like where where else right. are you going to read that? Like what, right. especially yeah. at a Christian site? Like yeah, where else yeah. are you going to read something like that? And I think they they managed to show how there's there's value in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joey did, and, and that you know. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I just really curious and, and, inter- and, and doing a good job of seeing the good in nerd mm-hmm. culture in a way that I think is really valuable and rare. Um, another, some other articles I'm proud of is we've done, we've had some like really great God of War articles. Yeah. Um, there's two that are really great on the site. So, uh, both about, um, Daddy writers issues. of ours that, yeah, that have had, yeah real father issues yeah. that they've worked through. Um, but just examples of how like playing games um, can be cathartic. And um, if we'll be thoughtful about the way we engage them, we can learn more about the world and about ourselves through the way we play them. Those are some of the things I'm, you know, anything that we put on the site that helps people like navigate life uh, more thoughtfully is something I'm usually really proud of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm assuming your love of games and stuff started young or when did you kind of get into the whole video game thing? Yeah, pr- pretty young. I mean, I remember like 
my first memory of like playing games is my parents bought an NES, you know, thinking my mom would like, she was like, I'll play this. Me and your dad will play this. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, my, my that was pretty progressive I, for your parents. Yeah. And then they like only played Mario a yeah. little bit and maybe a little bit of duck hunt. And then they were done with it. And mm-hmm. my brother and I took it over. I mean, I remember playing, you know, the original Zelda on it and Contra constantly. Oh man. Um, you know, we that we game. Actually, I defy anyone to beat that game <laughs> without the Konami code. Oh, you I don't know, see how like it's possible. in this day and age, yeah. there's some speed, speed runners, speed runner that's done yeah. it blindfolded or Gosh, something. That's ridiculous. Or they've done it with the D, the Donkey Kong drums or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the dance. <laughs> Have you seen that band. crap when people do that? Like. They do destiny raids with like the Donkey Kong drums or they run through the entirety of Dark Souls naked with no weapons using the like DDR dance mat or some crap. Yeah. Gosh. Ridiculous. I've never been enjoyable. Yeah. I've never been that kind of level of player, but, (laughs) but yeah, man, I, it was pretty early and I kind of played a bit of everything growing up. Like I was really into Final Fantasy games. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, one of my memorable moments was I had a, I got a N64 on launch, like saved up for it, like mode lawns and everything. Mm-hmm. I like, saved up for it, bought it. Um, then, you know, of course, uh, not long after that, Final Fantasy VII came out and was a PlayStation exclusive, right? And I was like, wah, I got to get, I was like, I got to get Final yeah. Fantasy VII. Well, my mom was like, like, you're not getting a PlayStation. You already have a game system. Oh, yeah. There's no way we're letting you get a play. I was like, I'll buy it with my own money. Like I'll save up. Like I was mowing a bunch of lawns and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll buy it. You don't have to buy it for me. She was, no, you're not getting it. <laughs> so, uh, I actually like rode my bike to the like local game store. That was, I mean, it was probably like, you know, a three or four mile bike ride at, you know, for, for when I was pretty young, it must've mm-hmm. been like middle school or younger, maybe that was middle school. Yeah. It had to be middle school and, uh, bought it at the game store, bought a PlayStation, bought final fantasy seven, uh, put it in my backpack, you know, <laughs> and road, road back home. <laughs> uh, and, uh, my parents never knew like they would just see How me playing. You... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They would just see me playing. Uh, oh, he's playing. He's playing. The, oh the yeah. They would... like, so did you like, hide the console and they would just see the TV and just assume you're playing the 64 or like, yeah. Yeah. I mean like it was, I had at this point I had a TV in my room. Crafty little devil. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a TV in my room. And so I was like, yeah. oh, he's just playing his, he's playing his game. Playing the games. Game, like, yeah. The game. That's what my parents called it. He's playing the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was 97. I think is when final fantasy seven came out. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, I remember that wrong. Something I think it's around then. Yeah. So, so yeah, I played a ton of that. Like I, but then also I remember times when I'd play like Warcraft two and Starcraft over dial up, like mm. with friends, you yep. know? And so I, I was, got a little bit into computer gaming, but never had a great PC. So I didn't get too right. much into PC gaming. I was always like begging my parents to get a better graphics card so I could <laughs> play like Jedi Knight two or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and, uh, later years into like college and, uh, stuff, um, land parties with Halo and that kind of thing. So that was always my jam. Yeah. Uh, now where did you grow up? 
I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, which is in the Texas panhandle. So like the very northernmost part of Texas, like that top square when you're looking at the map, you know, between mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma and New Mexico. So yeah. And people are always like, oh, you're from Texas. I know someone from, from Houston. It's like, well, <laughs> right. Houston's like really big one. And also it's like nine or 10 hours. Might away as well Amarillo. be in a different state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, my Texas geography is terrible. Like, yeah. I mean, in general, my geography is terrible, but especially Texas, I think. Yeah. So, so growing up there, I mean, what was that like? What was your experience growing up? Now, did you stay in Texas your whole growing up or did you move or? Yeah, I was born there and lived there my whole life. Um, in fact, went to college locally at Amarillo College and then West mm-hmm. Texas A&M University, which is just in Canyon, which is just 15 miles south of Amarillo. Um, so, yeah, um, it was, you know, I think it's a good place to grow up. Like, it's probably a good place to raise a family and stuff. I think that's a big part of why my parents were there. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Um, kind of like a fairly conservative like town i guess mm-hmm. although i didn't necessarily think of it that way you know you don't know any better well if it's all you know up. yeah yeah um i think it's pretty like religiously conservative too like lots of churches and stuff mm-hmm. not maybe as much as the south where i mean I live in the the american south now in, in nashville it's not quite the level of here but but close i'd say pretty hmm. But I didn't like, it wasn't a big deal for me. Religion wasn't like a big deal in our family, I would say. Yeah. Um, were you raised like Christian or your parents that way or what was Yeah. That? Yeah, for sure. But it was also like not something we ever talked about, you know? Okay. Um, And also like, I think um, as I got older, I sort of perceived it as like church was like a social thing for my parents, but mm. it didn't feel like. at the time anyway like a super religious thing Mm -hmm. for them that was that was my perception anyway um and so like we didn't we didn't go all the time like we went kind of every other sunday or so or something like that Mm -hmm. i just don't remember having conversations with my parents about god or the gospel or or why we go to church even you know um so yeah just kind of different than maybe a lot of people's experience. Cause I don't think my parents were ever super pushy about like making sure I made a decision for mm-hmm. Jesus or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there any, I always like to ask this question, like people that grew up, you know, even somewhat religious, like, was there any tension with the whole, like you being into video games and stuff? I mean, probably not if they bought you an NES. Yeah, well, they bought themselves an NES. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's okay, that's right. My apologies. <laughs> and then we kind of yeah. like right. subsumed it. Uh-huh. Um, but did you no. just say subsume? You are a freaking writer. I don't. I have never. <laughs> I may heard not that have used. I may not have used that life. correctly. So well. Uh, but um, fact, fact check at the end. Yeah, fact check me, somebody. Um, yeah, so there was some tension with my parents and me playing video games, but it was never like from the perspective of like, Oh, that's spiritually dangerous mm-hmm. or something. They're just like, don't you want to go outside? Like, isn't that <laughs> yeah. going to rot your brain or something? But yeah. they didn't, you know, it's funny nowadays, everybody's like, make sure you limit the amount of, like my parents didn't really set limits for Like they yeah. did probably during the school week, I guess if I remember. Right. I'm even but, surprised you said you had a TV in your room. Like yeah, dude, that my, was- my parents barely had a TV in the entire house. 
let yeah. alone like let me have one in the room. Yeah, I mean, it was like a tiny, crappy TV, but I did eventually convince them to let me have a TV in my room mm-hmm. where I played a lot of um, <laughs> Final Shadows Fantasy VII. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, Shadows of the Empire on N64. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. I remember playing a side story. I remember when that game was coming out, because that was 64, right? The Shadows of the Empire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a demo. I don't know if it was at Target, or I don't remember where I was, but they had it on demo. But it was a timed demo. Yeah. So after, I mean, I don't know if it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, it would just reset. The game would just reset. And so I sat there, I don't know how long and try, cause I wanted to beat the first level yeah. to see like what the second level was like. Cause I think the first level of that is like, you're on Hoth and you're it's like in the air speeder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. But I want to see like what the first person shooter or like third person, whatever it was, but I yeah. could never get past it <laughs> ever. And it was the yeah. worst. Anyway, that's my shadows of the empire. Story. It's one of those games. Like I don't think I ever want to play it again. Cause I, the way I remember it in my mind is this amazing game. Oh, I know yeah. if I played it now, I'd be like, Oh, the, oh dude, I love this so hot much. Garbage. So yeah. I just want to, yeah, I just want to yep. keep that memory. I did that with the Gargoyles cartoon. Did you ever watch that growing up? Uh, a little bit. So no, I have such fond <laughs> memories of that show. And not too long ago in my adulthood, I tried to watch it. And it is so cringy, like <laughs> real bad. Yeah. yeah. I wonder that about like DuckTales and um, uh, Darkwing Duck. and Yeah, some things are just better left yeah, in that little been, nostalgia yeah. pocket. For sure. So, um, I mean, obviously now, like, you're a professed Christian, or at least yeah. I assume so, since you're a part of Love Thy Nerd. Maybe we should have checked that. But um, <laughs> well, when did see. that when did that happen? I mean, you said because growing up, that wasn't necessarily like a serious part or something you really talked about a lot. Like, was there, you know, a moment or a period of time that happened? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I was, like, probably – you know, kind of your standard American teenager. I don't know in a lot of ways. Like, so, uh, I was, a lot of my friends were, um, you know, starting to get into drinking and, and even drugs and stuff. And I was like, kind of this place in my life where I was like, is that what I want to do? Or do I, what, who do I want to be? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the and same time, how old at this time? You think? Uh, 17. Yeah. Okay. 17. Um, and so, uh, I started, Around the same time, like I had interest in this girl and I started uh, kind of trying to date her and found out she was pretty active at this church. So I was like, well, I'll check it out with her. <laughs> and so through the That's process, it always of, begins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through the process of chasing this, this girl as a 17 year old, um, I started attending this like pretty conservative, like super conservative church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an independent Baptist church. Okay. Which um like broke off a lot of independent not all independent Baptist churches, but a lot of independent Baptist churches broke off from the Southern Baptist Convention because they thought the Southern Baptist Convention was like a little too liberal. <laughs> like the Southern Baptist <laughs> Isn't Convention. Isn't that was, hilarious though? <laughs> yeah. Like just thinking about the relativity of that right. is like that's just funny. Yeah, yeah. So, but none of this, I didn't understand any of this as a 17-year-old. Right, I just sure. wanted, I just liked this girl, right? Yep, 100%. Um, but in the process of going to this very conservative Baptist church, now, and I'll say this, like, I'm really thankful for this church in a lot of ways, um, and I'll explain what, more about why in a minute, but um, 
they this church was actually like more liberal by some independent Baptist church standards because okay. because they um like they allowed preaching from the new King James. Oh, so like hold, hold you know, the phones. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, and I think even the NIV was okay. So wow. um so it was like they they had split from another church over that issue. So like there was an, an another they had split off from this other church because they were like, no, it's okay to preach from mm-hmm. other versions than the King James. Yeah. But still it was like there's some weird stuff that happened at this church just like we I remember we had like a prophecy conference one time mm-hmm. where there was like where they were telling people like you really shouldn't play with like uh various toys and like Pokemon and like um all these different things because they're like related to demons and blah 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 and like yeah you know of course Harry Potter was 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 problematic um yeah. stuff like that so but uh but what I do remember is um every week like every week they would have an invitation so I'd go I would go to church with my girlfriend you know we, we were dating pretty quickly after all this. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause she thought I was a Christian. I mean, I think, I, <laughs> you didn't I think I told, her. like, I thought I was a Christian, right? Like <laughs> yeah, sure. I, mean, I went to church a few times, uh, 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 you know, once or twice a month. So it's like, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm a Christian. Um, well, so they would do an invitation, which for our listeners who are not familiar with what that means, it's like, like at the end of the service on Wednesday nights, like youth service Wednesday night and Sunday morning, like the main church service. So for the students, like the teenagers, and then for everybody on Sunday morning, there's always at the end of the service, like this time where it's like, all right, everybody, you know, close your eyes mm-hmm. and bow your head. And like, um, if you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and savior, you know, I want to give you that opportunity now to come yeah. up to the front and, and pray the sinner's prayer with me. You know, you'd pray the sinner's prayer and it's like, okay, now you're saved. Like now you get to go to heaven and stuff and Jesus has forgiven your sins and, Blah blah blah. And, um, Do you remember the sinner's prayer? I'm actually sitting here thinking about it, and I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know that there's like a standard. I mean, there's. Well, I'm I sure think there, there is. is. There, there was initially, but yeah, it's yeah, probably, probably morphed and changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know the basics. I think yeah. I got it down. But <laughs> I remember, like, <laughs> I remember as a teenager, um, like almost being um terrified at times. Like, like I've never. Because I that wasn't a part of my church tradition growing up. Like we went to Methodist and Presbyterian churches, kind of like more main, for lack of a better word, like mainline Protestant churches. Mm-hmm. And and um, it just wasn't something that we did in the churches I visited, where it was like, oh, you gotta you gotta pray this prayer. And so I had this whole like crisis of, am I a Christian? Like if you know, and the whole like, if I died tonight, where would I go? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like. There were times I couldn't sleep at night because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's me. Um, but uh, so and the, here's where I'm, I'm thankful for it. Like, I think some of that's misses what the God, like when we fixate just on that, we miss the bigger picture of what the gospel is about. Uh, but I am thankful that that church forced me to really think about like, it was the first time I'd ever really thought about what do I really believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. What do I think about the Bible? Like, what do I think about? um, these really big concepts of life and, and purpose and, and mission. And, um, 
yeah, just never given serious thought to that. And, and yeah. I, and if you had asked me like, are you a Christian? I'd be like, yeah, sure. I think Jesus is kind of cool and stuff like, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's kind of the, that was the starting point for me is, is I was like, I got to start reading the Bible. So I started reading the Bible pretty ferociously and, uh, even like started a prayer group at my high school. All right, we're going to take a quick break right there, play some music, and uh, we'll be back in just a bit with more of episode 160 of Humans of Gaming, classic episode of that podcast featuring uh, Drew Dixon in the hot seat, our chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd. Uh, We'll learn more about his early days of uh, ministry and uh, take us all the way up to now. Well, then, close enough. Stick around. We'll be back. I'm not sure what will work with Sean, but we should have all our bases covered. Shall we start with the Greeks, or would you prefer the modern British masters? Chidi? I'm sorry. Choices are hard for me when I'm under pressure. I know that, buddy, but we're short of time here, and it's kind of important for Eleanor. Right, which is why I can't take this lightly. What if I screw up? Listen, I don't need the Chidi who once had a panic attack during rock, paper, scissors because there were, and I quote, just too many variables. I need the Chidi who stormed in here and told me to stop Eleanor's train without thinking of consequences. Oh boy, now I'm nervous about that decision. Retroactively? I mean, how how do you even... I don't know. In the 10th episode of the first season of The Good Place, Eleanor's been found out. She's revealed herself as not belonging here. But now, Michael and Chidi are working to try and figure out how to keep her here. And Sean, the all-powerful deciding judge, is on his way to make a decision, and they need to come up with a plan fast. Unfortunately, Chidi can't even make a basic decision on where to start. In fact, we'll see throughout the series that his inability to make even a basic decision between two options is basically non-existent. And it's ruined a lot of things in his life, including, well, being alive. How's it going? Terribly. Cool. Well, you guys are kind of my last hope, so that's not great. Uh, Indecision can ruin our lives, truly. It can be a plague that keeps us caught in its web. But there is a way out of it. There's a method and a path. First, think about who or what your authority is. What knowledge do you use to help you make decisions? Secondly, use your intuition, sometimes known as your gut feeling, but it's often the Holy Spirit guiding you. Just make sure not to confuse him with being overly emotional. Use reason, logic, consider thoughtfully your path ahead. Use your experience from the past to inform your future. And lastly, turn to the sages in your life, the wisdom, the people that God has put in your path, in your church, in your Bible studies, in your ministries, to lead you forward. Use their example and their experience to guide you. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The bottom line is, just like in anything in this faith, we're not made to do this alone. God wants us to work together to help each other out in all of our circumstances, and that includes making a big decision. Get out of your own head and let a few other people open their minds to help you. That way, you won't be cheaty. Oh, no. No, I I mean, I'm, I'm relieved, but this is embarrassing. 
Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Welcome back to LTN Rewind. We're taking a deep dive into a classic episode of Humans of Gaming today. This is episode 160. It's featuring Drew Dixon in the hot seat. Now, he is one of the hosts of Humans of Gaming, but this is part two of a two-part look at the hosts kind of thing that they did. And uh, Drew Dixon is... uh, Catching us up on the early days of his ministry after starting to take this whole faith thing just a little bit more seriously. Let's uh, continue on. So, so yeah, so it's kind of the, that was the starting point for me is, is I was like, I got to start reading the Bible. So I started reading the Bible pretty ferociously and uh, even like started a prayer group at my high school mm-hmm. um, with people just to get together and pray and stuff. And um, yeah, I was like going on mission trips with this church and, um, even started leading in the youth group in some ways, I guess. And I remember we went to like this revival one Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday night was when you did youth, youth Bible study, like youth, yeah. youth, youth service, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, where we'd have like our own church service just for the, the teenagers. And, uh, we went to this revival and there was of course a big invitation and I went up to the front because I was like, well, I, I've just, I've never done the whole go up to the front thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like a big deal in the church that I was visiting. So I was like, well, I got it. I got to do that because what if that's like the thing that you have to do to get into heaven? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Might as well and, tick and that then, box. Better safe yeah. than sorry. Yeah. And then I didn't do it. And then I'd be like screwed. Right. Then when that mm-hmm. happened. So, so I did that. I went up to the front and this guy that counseled me, I think it was just, very, um, I don't know what the word is. He just, I think he handled the situation really well. He was like, so tell me about who you are, why you're here. Like, what, why did you come up to the front? And I was kind of like, well, I just want to make sure I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'll make sure I'm saved. Uh, and he was like, well, um, tell me about your life and what you've been up to and like what you believe about Jesus and stuff. We just had a conversation about the gospel and he was like, yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably, I think you're a Christian you know? And he was like, I don't think you need to like pray any special prayer or do anything. Just keep like, keep trying to follow Jesus. And that's, that's what this is about. It's like, Oh really? Just, just follow Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, so he got to do man. It's that, uh, <laughs> that simple. Just try to follow him. And I was like, okay, well, that's, I can do that. And uh, that's kind of when I, that's, I mean, that's when I remember like self-identifying. Oh, that's who I am. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Jesus follower. And, uh, it was kind of um, everything changed from there, I guess, in terms of my religious life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, switching gears just a little bit from there, because I'm sure this uh, was a part of things. When did like writing become a fascination for you? Um, you know, I, I started a blog like everybody did in, co- in uh, I guess it was around college when I was finishing college and starting seminary mm-hmm. um, that I'm not going to tell you what it was called or where you might find it because it's probably still online somewhere. Oh, I don't want on. anybody to read it. Oh. What is it? No, it's, I really don't want to say. Uh, Why <laughs> but, was it bad? No, I mean, it's not. At the time, I'm sure it was fine, but like uh-huh. this is some of my earliest writing and also like, so when you're in college and seminary, by the way, like, I think those are some of the most arrogant times of, of, of every mm. person's life. But particularly yeah. when it comes to like, when you put religion in that mix, yeah. it's a special cocktail for self-righteousness. And so, Amen. Yep. yeah, I'm really not proud of some of the self-righteous stuff I wrote back then. That's the biggest thing. Not just yeah. that it was like bad writing or something. We all did it, man. We were all yeah. there. It's yeah. that it's that age. I think it's just that early twenties, you know, mm-hmm. age that there's just all this piss and vinegar and you know, yeah. channeled well, there's a lot of like passion and fire mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But typically in my experience it comes out pretty nasty. Yeah. And it's not coupled with like lived embodied uh yeah. with an embodied christian life that's mm-hmm. like really trying to live out the great commandment which is to love god and love our neighbor um yeah there's a lot of lack of love i think or empathy um and some of the things that not everything you know but some of the things i wrote but yeah i think at the time i thought it was like passion and fire for god or something um yeah but, uh, so not but, not really then until college, like through high school or anything like that. I mean, were you writing stuff or were did you have any like teachers that were like, oh man, you're a good writer, you should pursue this, or was it just not really a thing prior to college? Yeah, actually, I had I remember I had a I guess it was freshman English in college. I had a um, I remember it made me so mad. I had a English professor that was like, she gave me a B. I think it was like a B minus or a B plus. It was a B mm-hmm. on this paper. And she wrote on there like, she was like, you're the best writer in this class. You should write more. Uh, I gave you a B because she's like, I gave you a B because you had too many comma splices. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like, but I, it made me really mad that she gave me the B, but, uh, but I just remember thinking like, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm decent at this. Like, um, cause you have somebody who obviously knows the craft. Uh, as yeah. a professor to tell you. You know what's um, so crazy to me is like the amount of influence and power that teachers like that wield. Mm. Like she wrote a few lines on your paper, you know, and I am yeah. sure she wasn't thinking the amount of impact that that could have on you, you know, but like yeah. just those few things instilled something small in you of like, Oh, maybe this is something I could pursue. And like, yeah, do I think know? about Just, it a lot with my kids? Nuts. Cause that's nuts, yeah. Man. Cause words are powerful. It's like yeah. saying things like I believe in you or you can do it to your mm-hmm. kids is super important. Yeah. Um, no pressure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then I think I really like developed a love for it when I was a pastor in Alabama. So I finished seminary, um, yeah, Which, so talk about okay, college. So you went to like local university, mm-hmm. in then, part because I was like still trying to figure out if I was going to like marry this girl that I'd started oh, dating in okay. high school. <laughs> and yeah. stuff. 
Um, Did she go to the same school? Yeah, she went, we went to, we both went to Emerald College and mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Like, I'll just go ahead and pop that bubble. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did not marry her. Dang, we were really um, pulling for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, she's a great person. Um, it just, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but in the process of like in college, I got a job at a church in, in Amarillo mm-hmm. as like a youth intern, which kind of, like made me want to pursue ministry more, more, uh, seriously. So, um, did that all through college and then went to seminary, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, and then, and that, I think there too, I, I developed a passion for like studying theology and thinking, Mm -hmm. thinking thoughtfully about the Bible and what do I believe about God and that kind of stuff. Um, what was your focus in seminary? So I started out as biblical and theological studies. So Mm -hmm. like lots of Greek and Hebrew, and I ended up changing to Christian ministry, uh, a master's of divinity in Christian ministry, which just means like I had a lot more flexibility about what I studied. You're a professional professional Christian. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of Greek classes, a lot of theology. That was kind of my focus. I, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of seminary student I was, I didn't like all the like practical stuff all those classes about like leadership <laughs> and I, guess yeah. I was like, I just want to, I'm here to study theology. Um, which that uh, is which, literally the opposite of me. Yeah. That's I'm like, funny. who cares about all this heady crap? Like, how do we actually do this? Yeah. Yeah. See, I needed, I needed more of your mentality. You may have needed more or maybe didn't need more of mine. Maybe you're fine. No, I probably do. But, uh, so yeah. So then I got into, I, I ended up at a church in, in Albertville, Alabama, Northeast Alabama, in mm-hmm. a rural, rural area, which that's a whole nother like kind of long, f- funny story. Um, but I think being in this kind of rural city, there weren't a lot of like creative outlets for me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, I'm, I'm very thankful for my time there. And the church I was with there is like full of just awesome, wonderful people. Um, but at the same time, it's not like, like I like culture. I like being around people. I like being around ideas. Um, And it's not a, it's not a cultural center, (laughs) if you will. So. And you were there, you were like the lead pastor or you were associate pastor. My title was family pastor. So I was like, it was me and another pastor that planted this church together. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was the primary preacher. I preached probably like 10 or so times a year. Mm -hmm. And then. I did a lot, but I did basically did all the other stuff. Like I led the student ministry. I kind of oversaw our, the children's ministry there, um, kind of helped oversee our small groups ministry, um, stuff like that. So yeah. it was a cool gig in that, like I got to do lots of stuff, you know, see how the sausage was made. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, but in that, in that living in that city, like I just needed, I needed a creative outlet. So writing kind of became that and like writing about video games really became a big part of that there. That's like really where I dug in and started um, writing seriously and thoughtfully as a Christian about video games. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like, that's yeah, it's, that's like, it's funny as a pastor, that's when I really started letting my like nerd flag fly, <laughs> so mm-hmm. weird, you know, like mm-hmm. um, even though I feel like still, even then, like I had to be kind of careful about it. Cause it's like, sure. I didn't want people in the church to think I was like calculated. Yeah. Yeah, like too into video games or something. Or I remember, yeah, I remember doing that too. Yeah, 
Like I remember when I started working for game church, I was like, that was when I was, I was a pastor at that church. So I started working for game church part-time okay. on the side. And yeah, yeah. I was like, I wonder if they'll feel threatened by the fact that I have this other job and fire me or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were pretty cool about it for the most part. I remember there were times when like the elders of the church were like, I don't get it. Like, what's this about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, they didn't see it. It was hard for them to see it as like a ministry opportunity or like right. a way to connect with people in a meaningful way. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned just an offhand comment of like when you got back into video games. Oh, yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. So I think when I was in seminary, I was like, you know, because you we hear the stuff in church, even though my parents were never um, they didn't like make me feel shame like religious shame or something. I didn't get any of that kind of stuff from my parents about video games mm. or nerd mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but you get it in the church. And like, I went to some pretty conservative Christian churches. And so I definitely got that. I heard that message of like, um, you know, where everybody takes that uh, verse from first Corinthians, I believe it is out of context where it's like, when I became a man, I left, you yeah, know, yeah. I put childish put things away. aside yeah. and <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, which is not what it's, that's not what Paul's talking about at all there. Yeah. But, um, but so I, I just felt like I need to like grow up. And, um, so through seminary, I kind of, I'd still play every now and then. Uh, but I really kind of quit playing video games. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, moving to Alabama in the first couple years when I was like, started getting back into it. And I think it was like funny is like fallout three. That's a game I remember playing mm. a lot of, as being mm -hmm. like one of the first games, I was like, oh, maybe ga games are kind of like growing up. Like they actually have something in, like it was a game that had something interesting to say, at least posed some really interesting moral yeah, yeah. questions to the player that I thought were, were interesting. And so, so I, I remember playing that and going like, oh, like this is intriguing to me, uh, both as a person, as a human being, but also as like uh, someone who's trying to follow Jesus. Like there's, mm -hmm. these are, these are doing interesting things and saying interesting things about the world and about people. So, yeah. Do you remember the first game you wrote about? Oh gosh, that's a good question. It might've been fallout three. Really? I have to look it up. It would be something on Christ pop culture. Um, but that was definitely one of, it was definitely one of the first. Your humble beginnings. Yeah. And then I wrote a ton of stuff about far cry too. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> Gosh, we almost made it. We almost made it through this entire thing without you bringing up Far Cry. Yeah, had to go there. Jeez. No. So, um, you're married. Yep. Kids. I'm, I'm, yep. True. How many kids? How long you been oh, married? Oh, how many? Uh, so <laughs> I've been married for 10 years, over 10 years now. Um, and uh, we have three kids. Evelyn is about to turn eight. Um, and... Uh, Gwyneth is five and Thatcher is like 20 months, 19, 20 months, somewhere in there. I don't think I've so, ever yeah. told you, but your kids have cool names. Good job. Thanks. Tell that to my wife. She's second guesses it sometimes. <laughs> she is, Whose ideas name, were they? <laughs> they were all mutual. They were all oh, okay. like basically all of them were, were, um, except for Gwyneth. I think we both really dug Gwyneth. I still really like that name. Yeah. Um, I like all of our kids' names, honestly, but they were all like compromises, you know? Yeah. They were neither of our first choice. So <laughs> uh, my wife, her name is Jennifer. And so she's born in the 80s. And like a lot of people born in the 80s, if you're a woman 
you know, female born in the eighties, like there's a good chance your name's Jennifer. Yeah. And so she always hated that, that so many people have that name. Mm-hmm. And so she really wanted our kids to have unique names. So, um, but not like weird. That was the balance. Like we didn't want it to be weird, but we wanted yeah. it to be. There's a, there's a line there somewhere. It's a yeah. delicate balance. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if we hit it, but, but yeah, no, I'm a big fan of my kids and, uh, of my wife. So they're great. And I'm, <laughs> that's, that's good. Cause you're yeah. stuck with them. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I met in seminary. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she's, she's amazing. Like she's my best friend. So, um, yeah, doesn't work out. Marriage doesn't work out for everybody, but I'm really, I'm really a big fan of mine. It's hard work. So it is. It is for sure. Yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to talk about or have you share about is unfortunately, well, maybe unfortunately, I guess you can answer this. Uh, Love Thy Nerd is not like your full-time paying gig. Yeah. Uh, barely pays anything. <laughs> right. So yeah. like, what do you do to pay bills and sure. what's your, what's your day job? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, an editor for a Christian publishing company in Nashville, mm-hmm. um, Lifeway, and uh, I write Bible studies that churches use basically for students, for like teenagers, student ministries in churches. Um, and uh been doing that for about almost six years, mm-hmm. I guess, which is crazy. And you so, got into that after the Alabama church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was working at this church in Alabama, but on, on the side, I was like, like we talked about earlier, I had written for Relevant and written yeah. for, written and edited for Christ Mop Culture and mm-hmm. all these different places and stuff. And uh, so I actually, like one day realized, hey, I have like a resume here. Um, I've actually done some things, so yeah. which was surprising. And so I was like, my brother was bugging me to move to Nashville because he had moved here. I was like, you should apply at some of these like Christian publishing houses in Nashville and see if you can work here. And then we could live in the same city. And, um, I thought that was not a good reason to move, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I did like, um, you know, I've always had a passion for writing and editing and those are skills I have. And, um, so yeah, I eventually looked into it and it all kind of worked out. So, um, yeah, really, uh, yeah, I just enjoy doing those things and it was cool to be able to do that in a way that serves churches um, and, and helps them in their, in their ministry and in their mission, you know, of, of Christian formation, discipleship, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Does it like, uh, does it scare the crap out of you that you're like writing and editing these studies about, you know, one of the most hotly contested books? Well, I would just say <laughs> the most hotly yeah. contested book in all of human history you're writing studies about it to give to the most formative age, I dare say, of people that will be leading, you know, tomorrow's future or whatever. Yeah. That would scare the crap out of me. I hadn't really <laughs> thought about that way till you phrased it that well, way. But now, there you now go. I am. Now yeah. I'm scared. No, I definitely think about but it. But it well it makes me think about what we said about the teacher earlier, you know? Like just these simple things that she wrote for you that kind of like put you on a bit of a trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like, that's simultaneously the hardest part of my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the most rewarding part of it too. Cause it's like, um, 
you know, you give the opportunity to like frame how somebody thinks about God, right? right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty heavy. That's a big deal. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people like get a get a wonky frame in our day and age. like they have a mm-hmm. wonky and and walk away. Like that's a big part of why I love that nerd exists. A lot of people walk away from the church and from God is because some church made him think that the gospel is all about kind of looking down on people for not being like you or something, mm-hmm. you know, or, or that the gospel was about what you don't do, you know, all these things that mm-hmm. we're not supposed to do because we're good Christians or something. Um, and then, then their whole like vision of God ends up being skewed and eventually and a lot of them just say, well, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. This is not, it's like not good for me as a person. Um, so yeah, I think the work that I do, that's what excites me. The work that I do can help people see like that's, there's a God that loves them and um, wants a relationship with them. It's the same thing that uh, really that excites me about Love Thy Nerd is we have the opportunity to help people. Um, nerds know that they're loved and valued by, by God, you know? Yeah. Well, don't blow it. <laughs> I will try not to. Yeah. So maybe the final question I have is what is it about the written word that you think is so powerful or that like draws you to wanting to do that. Hmm. That's that's you. I feel like you're asking much better questions than I asked. I saved the best for last. (laughs) What is it about the written word? Well, I mean, I guess I think back to like, um, you know, the whole, the whole premise of Christianity is based on, on words. Right. Um, Mm -hmm and on a message that's been written down and passed on to us. Um, and at the foundation of it is this message that God created the world through the power of, of words. Um, and then I, I think of like James three, where James is like, the words are really powerful. Like they have the power to destroy. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. he says, it's really, it's his really negative view. Like he says, be really careful with the words cause they can just yeah, yeah. Wreck, absolutely wreck people. Um, but uh, but you know Jesus is the Word of God and and the our our faith is based on good news a good message a good good words from mm-hmm. God to us about about the world um, about what He's doing in the world to renew it and redeem it and um, show forth His love for it um, so yeah I guess that's like. I think so. I think of writing in that sense of like it's an opportunity to to do what what God does and what God did in creation, what God hmm. continues to do in the world through as the gospel like is is proclaimed. Um, writing is an opportunity to to join in that same like vocation. If that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I don't. I, I, I it sounds like I'm always like have this <laughs> like like holy. Uh, that's not always like holy view of, of the task. I don't, a lot of times I just like, I got to crank this thing out. I'm going to do yeah, it. Well, yeah. Um, but on my better days, I think of it that way. And that's what excites me about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think is bull crap is that quote. That's like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. I think that's such a <laughs> dumb quote. Yeah. It's just not mm. real. And anybody that says that that's true, uh, come at me, bro. Yeah, because yeah, still like, there's still work. Like, oh yeah, dude, we we do what we love with mm-hmm. with this podcast and with Love Thy Nerd, but like, there's still times you just got to grind, you know. Yep, 
Yeah. And when you're doing what you love, a lot of times you put yourself in a position where you, where you work harder than you should and, yeah. and overwork <laughs> right. yourself, you know, yeah. put yourself yeah. in an unhealthy place. So anyway, yeah. rabbit trail. Well, Hey, this was super cool getting to hear some of that stuff. I've never heard some of that stuff. So this has been yeah. good for us too, I think. Yeah, it's fun. As our friendship blossoms. <laughs> yeah. And some of the, uh, like good questions you asked made me think I'll have to interview you again and ask some better <laughs> questions. So I that feel- was my whole goal is just to make you feel crappy. So <laughs> I feel, I don't feel crappy. No, nah, good. good. I feel honored. No, this is cool. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do the closeout thing. You always do it, but I'm going to see if I can remember it all and do it. Uh, so, Hey, if you like this podcast, um, we have other ones and they're definitely different, but still super cool and unique. Uh, there's a free play podcast, which is, uh, Bubba, Matt and Kate way funnier than we are. Uh, and they just talk, man. They just talk about nerd stuff and what's happening and have a really great time doing it and try to involve their listeners as well in that. Uh, we also have the Pull List podcast, which is our boys Chris and Hector, and they these guys know comics like you would not believe. And even if you don't know comics, they will welcome you in with open arms and make you like comics and spend a lot of money. So be careful, uh, listener, beware. For real. Uh, also, check out our website. Uh, everything that you got to hear Drew talk about. I mean that that DNA is knitted through our entire website and all the content we produce. Uh, so lovethynerd.com, check it out. You know, if there's stuff you want to read about a certain game, just search it. And we've probably got something up there about it. Uh, we've also got some Facebook Live video shows, Beard Bros, Co-Optional. Check those out. A lot of tabletop game coverage. Uh, we give away stuff as well. And also, if you like all this stuff that we do, um, help us do it. Be a part of helping us do it. Um, submit, you know, a pitch for an article. Uh, talk to Drew about how to do that. Partner with us financially. Even a dollar a month, uh, you would not believe if, if everybody decided to do that. Um, man, that'd go a long way. So lovethynerd.com slash partner. And uh, lastly, if you want to find me or Drew, you can email us. Chris at lovethynerd.com. Drew at lovethynerd.com. Uh, you can find Drew on Twitter at Drew Dixon 82. Did Nailed I do it? it. Oh, Got yeah. it. Uh, you could find me on Twitter, but I don't recommend it because I'm never on there. Uh, instead, you could find me on Facebook, uh, C.L. Gwaltney, G-W-A-L-T-N-E-Y. So, hey, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, thanks, man. And that's going to do it for this week's LTN Rewind. Again, this was Humans of Gaming, episode 160, uh, featuring the, uh, the the host and uh, and the guest, Drew Dixon, <laughs> on the show today. Uh, Humans of Gaming has been largely absent on LTN Radio, except for these flashbacks. But uh, that's going to change soon. Humans of Gaming, coming soon. And check out Drew most Sundays on Bible Thump. Woo!